0: This is the I Don't Want to Fit In podcast. I'm Anung of Courageous Creativity, a place where I help fellow misfits and black sheep create freedom on their own terms. This podcast is all about other stories of not staying in the box, living lives that are out of the normal. Hey guys, this is Anung, and I'm so excited to have Stephanie here, who is a serial expat, which for the longest time, I had no idea what that was. So please explain me how you got into that and why you love doing it.
1: Oh, sure. Gladly. Hi everybody. Um, Okay. So expat uh, is one of those loaded words. Uh, It basically means somebody that lives out and usually works outside of their home country. In my case, the U S but it, it, it's taking on all kinds of weird meanings that we probably don't need to go into. Some people associate it with like the spoiled business expat that doesn't even realize they're in a different culture. So, um, yeah, but basically it just means somebody that <laughs> lives outside of their home country. And serial expat is someone like myself who doesn't just go to one country and come back to their quote-unquote home country, but it's someone who goes from different country to different country. And that's what I've done on and off since 2003. Oh, so I almost did something like that. Because when I
0: started abroad, I had the option Mm -hmm. to just keep going instead of I was like okay I'll just finish my schooling abroad I could have switched to a different school again and then just started working at a place like I like I had an option to go teach English in China I had an option Mm -hmm. to do some photography in a different country I was like would have been different if I did that but I'm not like sad that I didn't choose it but it's kind of like I wish I at least tried (laughs)
1: Oh, both, both paths are totally fine. You know, I mean, there's challenges on either end. So, yeah. <laughs> and so how did
0: you get into doing this?
1: Um, in my case, very slothily. <laughs> <laughs> I, um, I knew I wanted to work overseas the entire way through university, which I took a long time to do. Um, cause I couldn't, I, I can't decide on things because there's too much I want to do in life. So I couldn't decide on a major. I couldn't decide on where to live, blah, 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 blah. So I tried while I was interviewing my senior year of college, I tried to find a company that would send me overseas immediately. And they looked at me like, don't worry, we're not going to do that to you. And I'm looking at them like, I was looking at them like, no, no, I want to go overseas. <laughs> and so I just couldn't find anybody to send me overseas. So I ended up doing it myself. Uh, uh, First of all, just backpacking. And then I started meeting people that were that had creative ways of staying overseas. And then I just was kind of playing the visa game where I'd stay as long as I could and then come back and couch surf until I saved enough money and doing that. And that got old pretty quick. So then I started teaching English. And I actually really, really liked it. And so then I kind of made a mini career out of that for, oh gosh, uh, until about four or five years ago I was doing that. And then I just moved over into the just. Uh, And then I just spent the past few years in the testing side of language, the language world. And uh, now I'm trying to transition completely out of education completely. That's redundant, but there you go.
0: (laughs) Okay. Yeah. Okay. So what, what is the, so you're not doing education anymore, but what is the new one? How do you, what does that do? (laughs)
1: Right. Well, I I was doing the language testing part while I started doing like content creation and doing my own marketing and that kind of, and the podcasting part. So I'm trying to pivot and I am by trying, I mean, at this very moment, I'm actually applying to jobs and like trying to turn that experience with the podcast and my content creation stuff into uh, an actual job in that field. <laughs> so, yeah. Okay. I'm okay. So
0: where, what places have you lived in so far?
1: Oh, wow. Okay. Um, in order. Not, I want, it to
0: be particular. Like, What are some of your favorites? What are the ones that are kind of like, I don't know if I'll go back.
1: <laughs> oh, well I would go back to anywhere. It, it, the thing is that each place has its own thing that the own thing or things that are really good about it. For example, like Vietnam, Northern Vietnam. I love The food so much. The food and the coffee. I would absolutely have a foodie vacation there, hands down. It's super. It's amazing. Um, And the teaching there was really, really good because people were very excited to, you know, use the language to improve themselves, to get a better job, to that kind of thing. So they were kind of like hungry students, and they were really fun to work with. Whereas like China, where I just moved from, I lived in Shanghai, and that place was there were so many things happening at once. It was like every kind of innovative thing bursting at the same time. And it was just really, really exciting to be where all of that was happening. Um, and then Japan is just oh, lovely. <laughs> <laughs> and my students there were really lovely and there was a lot of nature things I could do there, and I love sushi. You're probably gonna see a food vein in a lot of the places that I mentioned.
0: I'm all for that, don't worry.
1: Right? Okay. Yeah. Um, oh gosh, and where else? And Malaysia, when I worked there, I worked in Kuala Lumpur, and the language school I was in, I actually only had one Malaysian student. Most of my students were from Muslim countries that I'd never been to and might actually have a hard time getting a visa for. But all of the students came there to learn English, to go to Malaysian universities that used English as the language of instruction. So I got to meet all of these students from all these cultures and all from all of these places that I probably never go to. And that was a really, really cool experience.
0: Well, that's good. I like that people still can take anything good out of going places. I've had a couple of people talk about, like, well, I would never go back there because it was just such a culture shock or, or just some things I'm kind of like, if you went there more open-mindedly it might have been a little different like some people were kind of like it's my vacation or this is for me kind of thing and it's like you're still in you're still in someone else's country so you need to do what they do.
1: (laughs) That's a really good way to look at it and some of the worst culture shocks have been places I've gone back to and been like oh without that initial shock this is a lovely place and there's lots of stuff I like here but that it's really hard to get past that at first, especially if it's super, super strong, then it, it, it's really mentally taxing to have culture shock.
0: Yeah. And when I, so I lived in Ireland when I studied abroad for a full year. So I went back for Christmas break and came back and it was just so much easier. Like, especially cause we, I lived there for so long and I, I made sure I made a lot of Irish friends and I wasn't one of the most everyone else that came with me all stuck to the American people. And I'm kind of like, I don't want them to, make me like oh she's an American girl I'm like no you're just I'm just here <laughs> <And> <laughs> so I'm, already, right? it was definitely pretty easy to get into the culture and everything else but I feel like it was a stranger culture shock than when I went to Laos in Thailand because um it re- everything was familiar enough that I was like almost harder to like I would get like hit with it harder because I did something wrong or somewhere else they're kind of like oh you're a foreigner like here's how to like maneuver it well in like Europe, they're kind of like,
1: yes. why don't you know this? Yes. And that's exactly what I'm experiencing right now in Germany is I, I don't think it's necessarily the people around me. I think it's me thinking I should know how this is done. This is closer to my home culture. I shouldn't be confused by this. I should I should I should know these things.
0: <laughs> Definitely. Okay. So you said in our email there that you actually met your husband while abroad as well. I did, yeah. So how like how did that happen? Like did you kind of how like kind of normal things are like eh, we just met
1: and friends and then more? We met at work. He (laughs) I was looking for a book in the library school and he was hovering nearby, so supposedly because I had a nice smile, and was like, Oh, my opportunity. So he came over and helped me find just the right book and you know, skip ahead a few years and we started dating. Slow burn.
0: I like when that happens. I had the option of dating someone that I was friends with, but I was kind of like, um, I know I'm leaving mm-hmm. in like four months, and I don't know if I'm, I want to try a, like, that thing. It was just kind of, especially because it, it would be my first time dating, and I was like, mm, I don't know. But the part of me is kind of like, what? Well, I could have stayed, but I'm like, but I don't want to just stay in Ireland. I would have been like,
1: if I was there, I would have kept going. Right. Right it is really tricky. Um, geography has become a huge part of my, well, I mean, not anymore cause I've been married for over a decade, but, but when I was dating, when I was quote unquote home kind of recouping or just visiting and then I'd go back overseas In in any place that I was, I thought, where is this person from? Because inevitably if I couple up, I'm probably going to have to at some point spend a lot of time in their home country or city. And do they want to keep going? Because for a long time, I wanted to keep switching countries. And so I'm like, I can't be with someone who just wants to be in one place because I'm not that person. So it became a huge part of my kind of criteria, if that doesn't sound too strict, (laughs) of what I wanted in a partner. Yeah, and that's something that you definitely need
0: to figure out. But some people are kind of like, I've I've had some friends who just have never left their hometown, whether it's Mm -hmm. near a metropolis or not. And other people were kind of like, I want to go to school, like on the other side of the cities. And, like, oh, and I, I literally know a person that was kind of like, she had a breakup with her boyfriend because he wanted to go to school in a different city, like not different state, just different city. We she's like, I don't know if I can visit you. It's like, girl, you have to drive an hour. What, what's the problem? <laughs> <laughs>
1: but that, but it, I, I know what you mean. Like, I don't understand people that aren't geographically restless, but on the other hand, i kind of is jealous that they don't have that, that burning desire to see everything you know I'm like I keep thinking sometimes not not as much anymore but definitely at first I used to think would life be simpler if I wanted to be in one place or if I never thought hmm, what's that like over there <laughs> You know.
0: yeah I, I can't remember whose quote this was but there was someone that told me that uh, everyone is either a planter or a mover where some people just can't stay in one place whether mm-hmm. it is that I've moved a total of like 23 times in my life. So I guess I'm not a planter, but for (laughs) I tried to, I tried to get a home. I tried to have like a home base and Mm -hmm. it hasn't worked yet. At some point I would like to have a home base that I keep coming to and keep my stuff and not keep moving it (laughs) and just go places for like four months and then come back to, but Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm okay with it now. And some people need to recognize that they just, maybe they don't want, Maybe they can't stay in one place. And so mm-hmm. how, how did you get to that point where you were okay with it? But also how is it convincing your family that like, you're not some hobo? <laughs> um,
1: I'm not sure that I have. Um, I don't, I don't have a close relationship with my family, not because of my moving, but a weird plus if like if that's a thing. Or not having a close relationship is that they I don't know much about what they think about my life anymore. So I kind of have the familial freedom that a lot of people don't have because of the disconnection. Um, I know that my friends back in the US at first were like cheering me on and like, wow, that's amazing. And then over time, I stopped getting invites to really important things like weddings and births and things like that. And that kind of stung a little because I was like, you know, I could come home for that. That's pretty big. But it just the longer I was overseas, the more I seemed to kind of drift away in people's memory, and that was a bit hard. But there's also things that happen to me when I am overseas that I would never experience if I had stayed there. So it uh, like there's a price for everything, and I feel like. I'm comfortable with the decisions I've made, but it's definitely not uh, not easy all the time. Oh, definitely, because I've I've always re- thought about that.
0: Pretty anything we do, if you do something that's out of the norm, of mm-hmm. whether or not you're not staying in one place, you're not living in the states, doing a business, doing a job that's completely different, or you're not. There's no upward mobility. That everyone's like, well, somehow I got to make it to that corner office. I'm like, I never want to work in an office. If I did, <laughs> I'd probably have I probably would have killed someone? Everyone was like, "I would kill myself." Like, no, believe me, someone would have annoyed me enough that they would have gotten first. <laughs> then they probably would have happened because something. would I would have smart mouth someone in jail, and then there we go. It would have ended. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but yeah, it's definitely one of those things where I say some people don't have that connection with their family because I know some people are like, well, "What about your family? about your family?" Not everyone has that. Some people yeah. didn't have a great relationship growing up and they just want to get away and that's a really good option you can find your family anywhere else like you don't have to oh, yeah. stick to the ones you were born with
1: exactly exactly yeah and for me I know a lot of people say you can't run from your troubles and it was never a running from for me because I had moved to my family in my 20s and I didn't go overseas till I was early like 30 literally 30 and so for me it was I wanted to explore I'm not running for some from something I want to see things you understand this. You want to experience things. You want to meet people. You want to hear things. You want to read things. You want to experience life in other places, not running from. It's a curiosity about kind of thing.
0: Definitely. It's kind of one of those things where not everyone seems to understand that Mm -hmm. somehow you leaving where everyone else is is somehow a running. I'm like, maybe I'm running towards something better than what you guys have here for me. Like it it could be Mm -hmm. perfectly great for them to stay there and have their families and have their, their normal jobs. Some people need that. Like I cannot, if I can't travel at least once a year, which this last year I did three times and they wow. were short, but I'm like, am going to do it. And this year I'm going <laughs> to travel again.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But it's like, honestly, the only thing holding me back more is my dog. Cause I can't take him everywhere with me. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> and so does, you, does your, is your husband a serial expant as well? Or did, was he kind of, where you
1: mentioned yeah. where he's from? He he's from. Funny enough, um, I met my American husband in uh, Northern Vietnam, <laughs> eh, and that's way. where we got married. Yeah, it's bizarre. But he's from Idaho, and I'm from I guess sort of from California, I suppose. <laughs> I moved around a lot, even in the U.S. But um, yeah, he w- he actually started living overseas the same year I did, but he was in Korea when I was in Taiwan. And then we met when we both, differently, separately, moved to Vietnam. And he was there about three months before me.
0: Okay, that's definitely, you you gotta love how serendipity kind of works. Right. (laughs) And so what are are some things that you want to do in the future? Like, Do you want to keep in the language, Teaching, not teaching, but language in general for a while? Are you kind of like open to whatever possibilities come out for you?
1: Um, right now, I'm trying to get more into like marketing or something in communication. And I'm, I'm specifically looking for jobs in Germany. So I'm looking at what's available, what I'm legally kind of viable to do, and who's likely to hire me. So I'm looking at like copywriting, marketing, social media stuff. And I'm hoping to get something in there. Where that goes long-term, I'm not sure. I've always been someone who thinks more of my goals in my free time stuff than I do in my job. I've, I'm, I've always been okay with just having a job to have a visa or to have a, um, a paycheck to, to fund my fun stuff in my free time. So I have a lot more personal goals in my hobbies or in my podcasting and that stuff than I do in my job stuff. And I know that confuses a lot of people because they are that corner office oriented and i I'm not that person either.
0: Yeah. Some people just they just want a job. They just want to get there, go home and then have their life. Like that literally I just put things on pause to go to work a little bit and then go home.
1: Exactly. Exactly. And if I find something that's more interesting than that, then that's great. But I for me right now, location is much more important than being stimulated at work. I'm highly stimulated in my free time. So I don't, I don't need some job to do that for me. So I guess that's kind of a big thing.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And that works great for you. Cause then I, that gives you the chance to move again (laughs) whenever you feel like it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Hopefully not soon. Like
1: give yourself time to settle. And- I know. <laughs> I am slowing down because I used to do this every year. And then I got a little bit slower when I got married because my husband's a little bit more, a little bit more of a planter than me. Although he thinks he's, he probably won't listen to this, but he thinks he's a planter planter, but he gets more restless faster than I do. So I think, I think I'm more of a planter than he is. <laughs> But I don't. They get, don't know. They, they well, have idea. and I'm getting older, and I I like to. Yeah, I'd like to be here for a while, whatever that means. Yes, a while
0: could be six months or could be
1: two years. Like, or it could be more. I don't know. Depends on how things go.
0: Okay, and so you said you also have a podcast. So you want to explain a little bit of what that is? Since I mean, anybody can podcast oh. anywhere.
1: Yeah, I'm terrible at describing it. It's called Geopath, G-E-O-P-A-T-S. And it's my attempt to rebrand expats, especially serial expats, into something more positive. Like we have a different viewpoint on things because we've seen different places. We experience different things. The culture shock has to have a payoff. And here is the viewpoint that is the payoff. And so... (laughs) I talk to them. There's like different shows. So I have like a coffee show where we talk about coffee and all the places the person's been to. I have a book show where we talk about books that help them kind of get nestled into a culture, their host culture in whatever place that is. I have a podcasting show, one of the newer ones, where we talk about podcasting in their host country versus any other place they've experienced or produced one in. And an internet show where we track people, uh, what people do in the different places that they live in and how their internet activities change. And I'm sure there's more than that, but you get the idea. There's, there's, it's one theme around kind of expat, serial expat kind of thing, but the different kind of slices of their experience.
0: Oh, that sounds so cool. Yeah, I definitely, if I had that when I was younger, I probably would have jumped on moving abroad more often or or (laughs) more likely because, especially because when I was in college, I wasn't dating anyone because I was, all my friends were dating. I'm kind of like, hmm,
1: date someone or go abroad. Uh, uh, yeah, I'm going abroad. (laughs) See, you, you, my trick was to date someone foreign and pick someone that, where I liked them and the country they were from. (laughs) It never worked out, but in my head it was very logical.
0: Yes. And and maybe it it also helped you kind of get to where you are now because you were more open for it. Yeah. (laughs) All right. Well, thank you for coming on. This was definitely very interesting. I might, I might decide to turn into an expat once my dog decides to leave me.
1: (laughs) Oh, which will be a little (laughs) while. Yeah. Let me know if you ever need any tips or advice or whatnot, but you've done it before. So I'm sure you'd be super, super great at being an expat.
0: Yes. All right. Thank you for coming on. If anyone has any more questions and everything, I will have your information and your links on the show notes as well as the website. So if they have any more, they want to see what you're doing or, gets get some questions answered they they
1: can find you fantastic thank you so much Inung. and thank you seriously for your podcast it's such a healing experience to listen to you and what you say and
0: thanks for listening check out courageouscreativity.co to get all the info on our guests download any freebies or to check out my other podcasts